0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله.
1: الله أكبر الله. I witness that there is no Allah A can see that Muhammad is the Messenger حيّ على pray حيّ على Lord? Oh! <laughs>
0: بسم الله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهدي ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن فلا تجد له وليا مرشدا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله تركنا على المحجت البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك ولا ينتظم في سلكها إلا سالك اللهم صلي وسلم وأنعم وأكرم وبارك على حبيبنا وشفيعنا وقرة عيوننا سيدنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك عليه في الأولين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك عليه في الآخرين اللهم صلي وسلم وأنعم وأكرم وبارك عليه في الملأ الأعلى يقول عز من أيها آمنوا الله حق wa ولا وأنتم مسلمون اللهم منهم العالمين وإياكم الله وأطراف على الذي In the name of Allah the Gracious the Merciful to Him we belong and to Him we shall return we ask Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala... In His infinite grace and boundless mercy, to send an abundance of prayers and peace upon our most beloved Messenger Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. May Allah subhanahu wa taala be pleased with us on this blessed day of Jumuah. May He forgive our sins and our shortcomings. May He make us a people of taqwa, a true people who love Allah, fear Allah, are in awe of Allah, who love, who live in loving surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single day of our lives. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it that he takes our souls and he is fully pleased with us. That when that moment comes, Allah is fully radin anna, that he's accepting and happy with us as his humble servants. Allahumma rabbil alameen, Allahumma ameen. And may Allah bless and honor and protect and elevate our brothers and sisters in Palestine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them ease, abundance. May he grant them peace, safety, and security. May he remove this tyranny and this oppression from upon them. Ya Rabbi, ya we will never give up. La namal. We do not lose hope because we know, ya Rabbi, everything is in your hands. We trust in you, we rely upon you, and we surrender to your magnificent will, your wisdom, and your knowledge. Ya Rabbi, ya Kareem. Ya Rahman Rahimin, Brothers and sisters, We are right now in the season of Ramadan. Because once Rajab comes in and we're almost actually done with Rajab, Allahumma balik lana fi Rajab wa sha'ban wa baligna Ramadan. May Allah bless our Rajab and our sha'ban and bring us beautifully to Ramadan. But when you're in Rajab, that's it, you're in the season of Ramadan. And subhanAllah, this year, with everything that's transpiring to our brothers and sisters in Palestine and in Sudan and many parts of the world, I think it's important for us to think about our sacred tradition and our sacred heritage, especially the life of our messenger, Muhammad sallallahu and really bring it to life, and to shine a light upon it in a way that makes sense, that helps us make sense and negotiate the world that we're living today. And when you think of one of the most seminal moments in the life of the messenger, Muhammad, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is the incident of al-Isra' wal-mi'raj Last night we spoke about it ICPC inshaAllah this weekend is having a beautiful gathering about it But when you bring it to life And you draw parallels between that And what's happening in Palestine It gives you a lot of beautiful insight And you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has revealed to us signs The Quran is ayat the creation ayat. وَفِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ آيَةٍ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ واحد. In everything there are signs that indicate Allah Jalla And Allah does not do anything arbitrarily. Nothing is frivolous. مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا You have not created this batilan, frivolously or meaninglessly. Subhana, Glorified be you, Ya Rab. You are above any reproach. Nothing about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is anything but perfect, jalla fi And so when we look at the signs, perhaps we can be inspired. What are some of the signs? The Prophet sallallahu and his community, before al-isra' wal-mi'raj, were going through profound hardships. Perhaps you can say it was the culmination of the difficulties and the hardships. And one of the key markers of the hardships and the trials and tribulations that the community was facing was the boycott in the Shi'ab of Abi Talib. And subhanallah, when you read about that boycott of the Prophet and his community, and how they were relegated to having no food, no food safs, that the companions would speak about having to eat like the food, the consumption of the goats, they would eat like the goats would eat. So it leaves. And they would pass their passings like the passing of a goat. That's where it came to. And subhanAllah, when I, a couple of weeks ago, was reading and seeing how the people of Gaza, they had to take the, the alaf, the, the food that is usually given to the animals and try to put some water and turn it into something that's consumable. I said, subhanAllah. Look at the powerful parallels between the life of the Prophet sallallahu and the people of Gaza. And you know from the realities that transpired in the boycott of the Shi'ab of Abi Talib was that Sayyidah Khadija was there. And Sayyidah Khadija was someone who so profoundly loved and honored in the Meccan society, so much so that the people of the Mushrikeen, those who forced the boycott upon the Prophet and the community, would send messengers to Sayyidah Khadija to tell her, we don't want to do this to you. You're honored amongst us. Come, leave him, be with us. And what did Sayyidah Khadijah do? She did not flinch. She was committed to the way of her husband. She was committed to the way of La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. She sacrificed everything. She sacrificed everything to be on the path of La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. And when you think of the women of Gaza, and how much they've sacrificed, how much they've lost, how much suffering they go through, how much they starve themselves so that their children can eat or their loved ones can eat. You see the profound parallels. Nothing is arbitrary, brothers and sisters, wallahi. Pay attention to the signs. Very often, as human beings who live on this earth, we get caught up in the dunya, we get caught up in the material. You know, we think it's about stuff, no, look beyond. Gaze beyond into the celestial realm. Look fi alamul ghaib. Imam al-Sha'rani says you have to have one eye gazing upon al shahada, which is the seen realm. And then the other eye has to be gazing upon alamul ghaib, the unseen realm. Because the reality as we know it exists in the unseen realm, not in the seen realm. These are just ashbah, images. <laughs> are just things that we're seeing, but our souls and the life that is to truly be lived is in the unseen realm. So Sayyidina Khadija, she sacrificed so much so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Sayyidina Jibreel to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Sayyidina Muhammad is told by Sayyidina Jibreel, aqri خَدِيجَ مِنَ اللَّهِ السَّلَامِ Allah sends his salam to Sayyida Khadija and give her the tabshir, the bushra of a house in Jannah from beautiful pearls there is no hardship there is no difficulty, there is no strain, there is no stress, no anxiety none of these hardships you have the glad tidings of that and shortly thereafter, and many of the scholars say, that Sayyida Khadija passed away because of illnesses that were contracted in the boycott, in the shi'ab. That that was the reason she passed away. And today we see many of our brothers and sisters in Palestine and Gaza who are passing away, not necessarily because of bombs, but because of famine, because of hunger, because of illnesses that are being contracted. And I say, subhanAllah, look at the signs. The signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are everywhere. And brothers and sisters, we have to know for certain that just like the pain and the suffering of the likes of Sayyidina Khadija and that community were not meaningless, they were not frivolous, they were not empty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw and he sees and he knows and he is so he, he honors those who sacrifice in his way so much so that he sends her salam a unique salam khas li Sayyida Khadijah, subhanallah. And then we know that thereafter, the Prophet sallallahu his hardships only continued with the loss of Sayyidina Khadijah, the loss of Abu Talib, and then the devastating blow of, of what happened in Ta'if. And we all know the story of Ta'if and what happened to him. And he was bloodied and bruised and beaten. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed that he takes him on this most sacred and profound journey and this journey is a journey that is unparalleled in human existence no one before the Prophet or after the Prophet Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, will go on a sacred journey because what the Prophet وسلم, went through was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him from Shahada ila alamul ghaib he took him into the unseen realm and he showed him uh, so that he shows him min ayati rabbikal kubra so he was now going to see from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the manifest the big signs of Allah so then, think about that you're seeing signs in the dunya and if you pay close attention you'll see the signs of Allah and you'll see the reality of the divine but now Allah is taking him on a very sacred journey to see the magnificent signs the biggest of signs what are some of the signs that he sees? Nothing is arbitrary. He's in, he's in the Uruj. He's being elevated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he smells something very beautiful. Very beautiful scent. And he tells Sayyidina Jabril, what's that scent? What's that beautiful scent? And he says, oh, that is the scent of the mashita of the daughter of Fir'aun, the hairdresser of the daughter of Fir'aun. What's her story? Think about this. Prophet Salem, what did he just go through? Who did he just lose? The level of suffering. Now he's in the heavens and he's smelling a beautiful scent. Imagine this is a scent that is permeating the heavens. Permeating that realm. What's that scent? Oh, that's the scent of the hairdresser of the daughter of Pharaoh. Well, what's her story? Well, one day she's, she's brushing, she's combing the hair of the daughter of Pharaoh and she drops the comb and she bends down to pick it up and she says Bismillah and so the daughter of Firaun says oh you mean my father and this woman a simple hairdresser the truth the haqq overwhelmed her in that moment and she said no I mean Rabbi wa rabbuki wa rabbu abiki my lord your lord and your father's lord oh this is kufr (laughs) You know, how could you ever claim that there is a Lord other than my father? So, of course, she runs off to her daddy to tell him, this is what the, the hairdresser just said. And Firaun, because of his ego and his nafs and his sense of self, someone who could never get over his, grand, his grandiose self of self. And most of the people on earth today, brothers and sisters, who cause death and destruction are these kind of people, people who can't get over themselves People who think they're so special and so unique that everyone has to suffer so that they can have what they want. And that happens, by the way, on the political level, and it happens even in our homes. You can have someone who's so full of himself or so full of herself that they cause harm to everyone around them because of me and how I feel and what I think and how I'm entitled. To whatever it is I believe I'm entitled to. Subhanallah. That's Allah. Afiyah. So, Fir'aun brings the the hairdresser. And he says, what did you say? Who did you say? When you said, Bismillah, what did you mean? And she had a moment of kalimatu haq. A moment of a statement of truth. And she said, I meant my Lord and your Lord. And then he says, bring all of her children. And one by one. A cauldron is opened, and he starts to sacrifice each one of her children. Each one. Think about this. Each one. Nothing is arbitrary. Child number one, what did you say? Throw him in. Child number two, what did you say? Throw them in. Child number three, what did you say? Throw them in. Until it came the last child, the baby, the infant in her arms. And how many babies have we seen killed in Gaza? How many? How many faces of children have we seen? So she looks at her baby's face, and she hesitates, and you know, her heart was overwhelmed. And then the baby spoke, one of the four incidents when a baby spoke fil Mahd. And so he said, Tawakkali ala Allah, rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stay your course. And so she once again said, my Lord and your Lord, and the baby was taken and was sacrificed as well. And by the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah took her life as well. That's from Allah's rahmah. But the result of that, all of that pain, all of that suffering, all of that agony that on a human level, we can't even fathom that level of pain. We can't. When we think of the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Gaza, the death, the destruction, the famine, the hunger, the loss, the abuse, the rape all of it, it overwhelms our hearts to even consider it, of what that looks like or feels like or means and to think of our brothers and sisters, our daughters, our fathers, our mothers, our grandmothers, our children, our infants. In that state, it tears our hearts apart. But look at the result of that woman's sacrifice and her four children. What did that result in? In the unseen realm. The most beautiful of scent. Her scent literally adorns the Samawat. It beautifies. It is the bukhur of the Samawat. This woman scent. But what was her sir? What was her secret? It was her conviction. It was her commitment and her willingness and her readiness to sacrifice everything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi do you know, do we really understand why he was elevated to the highest of heights? That he was taken to Sidratul Muntaha and then Sayyidina Jibreel said, if I were to move forward, I would be eviscerated. Now he came to a place where even Jibreel, because you remember the beginning of the relationship of Sayyidina Muhammad and Sayyidina Jibreel, was in Ghar Hira, <clears throat> and when Sayyidina Jibreel was manifest sad dan in his original form, this terrified the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa But now the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa had elevated to such a rank that even the even Jibreel said, I can't go where you're going. I'm not at your level, <laughs> I can't, because if I go forward, I will be eviscerated, if you go forward, you'll pierce through, subhanallah, what gave, what made it that Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi reached such an elevated rank, what made it to be the case? The ulama say that right before the Isra wal miraj right before that sacred moment when Allah took him from Mecca to Baytul Maqdis Allahumma may Allah free Baytul Maqdis and he granted him the gifts of Baytul Maqdis to be in the company of all of the prophets the 124000 prophets and by the way all of the prophets and all of the messengers knew about Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they would give the tanabbu bi- 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 in nabi sallallahu alayhi they would prophesize the coming of Sayyidina Muhammad. So imagine the prophets and the messengers for the first time seeing Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How must have they felt seeing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for the first time? And then the prophet knowing this is your brotherhood, this is your fraternity, the best of Allah's creation. See, whatever these human beings in Ta'if, whatever these simple beings in Mecca did, the best of human beings that ever walked on this earth Revere you, honor you, and love you, and celebrate you, and are excited to see you. So, right before this sacred moment that happened, you know, <laughs> the ulama say that the Prophet ﷺ was in a very specific state. He was in a state of Kamalul Inqita, Wa Kamalul Tajreed, Wa Kamal he was in a complete state of inqita. He was dispossessed and cut off from everything. Khalas, all of the strings of the dunya, the things that you can rely upon, they were all cut off from the Sebabi realm, from the dunyawi realm. Abu Talib gone, the Khadija gone, everyone's you know rejecting him. Wakamal at Tajreed, being dispossessed of all possessions. What did he materially possess? What did he have from any material power that he could influence or buy or sell? Kamal al tajrid Kamal al Completely cut off, completely dispossessed. Wa Kamal al And he was in a complete state of istislam, surrender. That he had, really, there was no one Truly, and of course, the Prophet always surrendered to Allah. But this was a reality where ikhtimulah, his taslim became complete. Ikhtimalat taslimuhu, his 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 surrender became complete. That it was the purest form of surrender. After those states all embodied the essence of the Prophet then he was taken to the highest of heights. So after the most profound darkness on earth, it was the beautiful dawn, the daybreak, where now the sun shines beautifully. And so you think about Allah Prophet ﷺ was elevating, leaving the darkness of the dunya and elevating in the auspices of the Akhirah. and how illuminated and beautified the scents, the sights, the angels, all of the angels excited to see him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All of that elevation. Why did it happen? And then, furthermore, to be taken to that furthest, most point, to be al ilahia, to be the, in the divine presence, to be in the company of the divine, to speak to Allah subhanahu wa taala, to literally now be in the presence of the divine and be speaking to Allah subhanahu wa taala, where no other entity, organism could exist other than Him. And Allah Jalla Fi Because Sayyidina Jabri said, I can't even exist where you're going. I would be withered away into nothingness, subhanAllah. So it's Allah's, Allah took him on a journey where, Ya Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you're not alone. Let me show you, it's quite the contrary. Whatever is happening to you in the dunya, let me show your actual reality. Let me show you what actually remains for you. And is being facilitated for you. All these prophets, all these signs, these scents, these sights, these sounds. He sees the people of Jannah. He sees the people of Jahannam. He sees everything. And then at each level, he meets the prophets. Sayyidina Adam, Sayyidina, uh, Sayyidina Isa, Sayyidina Yusuf, Sayyidina Idris. Sayyidina... He keeps on meeting the prophets. Level Harun, Musa, Ibrahim. And then he's in the company of the Divine. And that sacred moment between him and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is an unparalleled moment, and I can only imagine, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, the state of the Prophet sallallahu But you know, brothers and sisters, there is a reason for that elevation. It's because of that state that he embodied before. It wasn't just that he went through hardships, and this is something I want us to understand. It's not just about the fact that you're going through a hardship or you're going through a difficulty, and you don't have to be going through the levels of difficulties of the people of Gaza. You can go through whatever difficulty you have right now with your spouse, your home, your children, your work, whatever your difficulty is, how are you reacting to that difficulty? How are you you motivated by that difficulty to develop and build your relationship with Allah? Do you have resentment and anger at Allah for your circumstance? Or do you have sabran jameel, beautiful patience? Are you accepting of the decree of Allah, or are you rejecting the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the honest question that we have to ask, because if you look at Sayyidina Khadija, you look at the mashita of to Fir'aun, the hairdresser of the daughter of Fir'aun, and you obviously look at Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu what they all had in common was their readiness and willingness to sacrifice everything. Fi That's what secured for them their ranks, their stations. And it wasn't even as if they were looking for those specific stations. They had no idea what was going to transpire in that realm. Do you think the Prophet ﷺ knew about this mi'raj and what was going to transpire in it? Do you think the the daughter, do you think the hairdresser was sacrificing knowing that she's going to be the scent that adorns the heavens? She had no idea. But what she knew was she was a servant of Allah, ready and willing to sacrifice everything. Did Sayyida Khadija know that Allah was going to send salam to her directly and then designate her as one of the women of Jannah? Sayyidati Ahlul Jannah? Did she know that? No, but what she did know was Allah. And she was ready and willing to sacrifice everything for Allah and his messenger Muhammad So brothers and sisters, there's abundant signs for us to look at the people of Gaza and say, Insha'Allah, hum fi ahsani hal. If the Ghaibi realm means something to us, the unseen realm means something to us, and we know that that is where reality exists, and we can smell the scent of the mashitah of bintu firaun and we can see the station of Sayyidina Khadija in Jannah, and we can imagine the reality and the haqiqah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu in that realm, then we can certainly see and read and observe the signs of Allah and say, the people of Gaza are in the most elevated of stations. And that's our very good opinion of Allah and his ibad, his servants. The question that I want to close with is the following. What are you and I ready and willing to sacrifice to attain those stations? Are we ready and willing to sacrifice some sleep in the morning to get up and pray The two raka'at of Fajr, the sunnah of Fajr, and then the, the fard of Fajr. Because you know what the Prophet ﷺ was given in that liqa, in that sacred meeting. What was he given? He was given salah to say to us, if you want any remote type of connection that is rich and robust and meaningful, you want to be elevated from the confines and the prison of this dunya, then throw yourself into salah. That's why the Prophet ﷺ would say, biha ya Bilal. bring us comfort, Ya Bilal. And the Prophet, ﷺ, a man came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, I, I ask you, I want your companionship in Jannah. He said, A'inni ala nafsika bi Then if you really want to be my companion in Jannah, and I want you to be my companion in Jannah, then A'inni, help me over yourself with a lot of sujood. Let me see you in prostration. Brothers and sisters, as Ramadan is approaching, and we're in this season now of Ramadan, Rajab, Sha'aban, Ramadan, Allahumma Balligna Ramadan. And we're in this reality, and we see what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Gaza, and we see how much pain and suffering, and we hear these stories about Isra'ul Al Can I ask you a question? And I want to say this sincerely When are we going to stop being bums about Salah? When are we going to stop treating Salah? Like it's some tedious chore that I have to get over with. When? Like when are we going to wake up and say, how, how in the world have I been thinking about salah in this such ugly fashion? Like it's a bother, it's a burden, it's a nuisance. Oh my God, I have to get out of bed. Do you get it? You, you get it? I don't, I'm not here to beat me up or you up. But do you, Like what are we thinking about? What's so interesting about the dunya, about the pleasures of the dunya, that I'm ready and willing to sacrifice the abundance of the akhirah, of the ghaibi realm that we're talking about, that we're living within, and I'm ready to sacrifice that so I can get some extra sleep? Because I'm watching something on YouTube and I don't want to disrupt my, I don't want to have to pause the show, so I'll just finish the show and watch. What's the thought process? You know, when, you know when you when you leave Salah quickly, which we all do? You know when we do that? And you rush off? There's a hadith Qudsi where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ilaman, ila minni. Who are you going to? Like who are you rushing off to? Is there someone better than me that you're going to? Think about Allah saying that to to us after Salah. The Prophet ﷺ gives the most beautiful of gift to Sayyidina Mu'adh. Uh, please, after every salah, say the following. The greatest gift given Sayyidina Mu'adh. Aid me, Ya Rabb, on your remembrance. On your remembrance thankful, thanking you. And to worship you excellently. Excellently and beautifully. And please do not make me from the heedless. And you sit down and do 33, 33, subhanAllah. 33, 33. Alhamdulillah 33 33 Allahu Akbar I remember Khalid Awalda sitting right here I remember one time when I was younger Khalid saw me doing dhikr and he said if you don't do 33 exactly it's as if you've done nothing I've never forget that whether that's technically correct we can ask you khotani <laughs> but I'll never forget that because Allah did the prophet did say do it 33 and do 33 why am I so lazy I can't do this 33 times Going through, I have no idea what I did like what's what's out there that makes it me run away from Salah run away from vik, not pray my Sunnah what am i losing because you know and my father's here my father he said this whole life is about planting seeds you know what the way we're supposed to think about Salah ask yourself when you're on the other side when you're now in the afterlife how many salatul sunnah do you have over there? I may have not prayed thousands of salatul sunnah under the guise of I don't have to do it. Hmm. I don't have to do it. I'm tired. So I missed one, two, ten, twenty thousand salatul sunnah. How many thousands of dhikr-salah did I miss? How many witr did I miss? When I could have 50,000 salatul sunnah in the afterlife waiting for me and 50,000 and 100,000 azkar and millions of afkar waiting for me that those are the seeds you want to plant so the next time salah finishes right now and you think I gotta get up and go hit yourself and say where are you going you can't sacrifice two minutes to do dhikr. I can't sacrifice two minutes to pray Sunnah it's short-sighted and it's thoughtless So I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us to see the wisdom and the beauty in living and loving surrender. To be ready and willing to sacrifice. I gave you an example of one form of sacrifice. Apply that to everything. Apply that, sisters, to your hijab. We can sacrifice and dress the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to dress. Brothers, your behaviors, your conduct, what you consume, smoke, whatever it is, ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice? Apply that. The stuff we watch on TV, the stuff we watch on the internet. What are we willing to sacrifice to ensure that Ya Rabbi in the ghaybi realm, the angels Ya Rab are singing our praises. We hope to be that the case. I say this wa thank Allah for your love. Inna alhamdulillah na wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiru wa nasta'adiuhu na'udhu billahi min shuroor anfusina wa sayy'ati amalina man yahdihi Allah falamudhi lalah. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, my reminder to myself and all of you. In the remaining days of Rajab, a lot of istighfar. The month of Rajab is a month of istighfar. We have to be, get our hearts ready. The month of Sha'ban is a month of salawat upon the Messenger Muhammad. So, the remaining days of Rajab, do as many istighfar as you can and the bounties of istighfar are endless the month of sha'ban do many salawat upon the messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then you reap you reap what you would sow, inshallah, in Jannah, the month of Qur'an, when we immerse ourselves in the light of divine revelation. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us in these months and to bring us beautifully to the month of Rajab, the month of Ramadan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins and our shortcomings, our weaknesses. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us foresight and wisdom to be true servants of His and to live in loving surrender, to follow in the footsteps of our messenger Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to follow in the footsteps of Sayyidah Khadija, to follow in the footsteps of the hairdresser of the daughter of Fir'aun. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us in their orbit. Allow us to live like they lived. To think the way they thought. To feel the way they felt. To operate in that sacred reality. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless and honor our brothers and sisters in Gaza, Elevate and protect their rank, ya Rabbi, ya ya Rahman, ya Raheem. Inna Allah ya'muru bilAdli adli wal ihsani wa ita'idhi al-qurba. Wa yanha'anil fahshai wal munkari wal baghi. Ya'idhukum la'alakum tadakkaroon. Wladhikru Allahi akbar. Wallahu ya'alamu maa tasla'oon. Aqimu
1: Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله
0: استقيموا استو تراثوا صدر الفرج ثابكم الله we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to الله our Salah, يقبل al and to make this Salah الله. witness سبحانه أن of Judgment. الصلاة ويجعلها الله. الله سبحانه أن يقبل هذه الصلاة ويجعلها الله. صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله سمع الله لمن حميده الله أكبر. الله أكبر الله أكبر. Allah, أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين is الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين a الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. قل هو الله Allahu الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله أكبر Allah Akbar Akbar As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi.